Hey, welcome to a Zion People podcast. I am Keelan, an intern at Zion Church, and this is our latest message. The team here hope the message challenges you, inspires you, but most of all, builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Uh, and we'll get into uh, what we're going to be talking about this morning. Now, just remembering that in the sounds of heaven, we've been doing four things uh, each week. All right, so some form of worship that is not singing. So this morning was fellowship. Then we have our moment of silence and recognition of Joshua 6, as, uh, as Marge pointed out, the people walking around the city. Uh, then a time of prayer where we can come together and pray uh, with each other. Um, and then we come into the last session, which is the Word. And this is where uh, you all are going to help me out this morning, or maybe help yourselves. Uh, depends how it goes. Okay, so everybody should have a number. Okay, you all are responsible for the sermon this morning. Yeah, you're responsible for the sermon. Thanks, Jeff. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm going to start with a bit of a story, and then basically you're going to take your number and figure out where you're going. So number ones are going in this corner, number two, number three, and... Four. Okay. All right. Just to see if people are awake. People are awake. Um, okay. And uh, you're going to have a facilitator. They're going to explain to you what's going on. But I'm going to start with the story. Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi spearheaded India's struggle for freedom from British rule. His Hindu religious practices and his political philosophy had a radical and revolutionary influence on millions of people. Earlier in his life, Gandhi had considered the possibility of becoming a follower of Jesus, attracted by his life and teachings. Gandhi attended the services of a church in Pretoria, South Africa. He later wrote, The congregation did not strike me as being particularly religious. They were not an assembly of devout souls but appeared rather to be a worldly-minded people going to church for recreation and in conformity to custom. He concluded that Christianity could not add anything of value to Hinduism. Bit of an indictment against the church. Um, Hopefully, uh, if if Gandhi actually came to our church, uh, that wouldn't be the same thing. But bit of a thought-provoking start there. How are we supposed to be living our lives as Christians? And that's really what we're going to, the sermon is about this morning. And hopefully you all are going to be able to tell us what it is that we should be doing. How do we walk in a way that shows that we are followers of Christ? Okay? Right. So, with that in mind, if you have your numbers, you can start. I'm going to give you about 15 minutes What's that? I don't have a number, no. Uh, If you don't have a number, just stay where you are, and we'll just make sure the groups are a bit even. Um, You can start moving now. Number one, two, three, four. We're going to give you 15 minutes uh, to prepare your sermon, and then we're going to come back and hear what everybody has to say. All right, hopefully uh, those with the intro know what's going to go first. Uh, now, some people may be thinking that it only takes, uh, you know, it took us 15 minutes to put a sermon together, multiply that by four, 
and therefore that's uh, 60 minutes. What does the pastor do for the rest of the, the other 39 hours for the week? Okay, I just <laughs> right. Yeah, some of you may be thinking that. Not all of you. Not all of you. That's for sure. Okay, so we're going to get into this. Um, the, the, remember, just the, I encourage you to speak as long as you want. Just the longer you speak, the later we finish. Just, just it's up to you though. It's up to you. No pressure. No pressure. All right. So who's up for the introduction? Well, someone got voluntold. <laughs> just no one told him. Okay. Jeff, up the front. This is it's a sermon. This is probably a preaching. Okay, Jeff. Well, hey. All right. Yeah, someone's not getting Christmas cards this year, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I'm just reading from this, I'm gathering. Okay, people, here we go. Got no idea what I'm doing. So here we go. So basically we were asked here... Um, in the book of Ephesians, Paul uses the word walk six times. And each time he does, he uses it in the sense of one's conduct or manner of living in their life. So basically, we were asked here, explain your own words, what walking in Christ means. So as a group, we've sort of come up with um, basically walking with Christ. He should be the head of your life. Um, stay in the word, doing what it says. Um, uh, what do you got there? If he is... Head, you can't go in another direction. So basically, yeah, adhering to what is written in the Word and what you're supposed to be doing. Um, listening to God, uh, being humble, um, not up yourself. Um, forsaking um, the things of the world. Seek Him first and not potentially other people. Um, using the Word, I guess, for that, you know. Um, and then being an example, we've got Hannah, so she's been dropped into it now. Uh, it's her turn. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, so the preacher quit at the last minute, so this is a bit rough, but, you know, we're going to do our best. <laughs> um, so we were talking about what our walk of Christ, like what our examples are, and for me it was my mum. So she would get up early in the morning and wake all of us kids up at 6 o'clock and she'd have hot chocolates and marshmallows. Okay, sometimes I was more interested in the marshmallows than what we were going to talk about. But, you know, it got me up. It got me going. And um, so she would always get up. And six o'clock, we'd get together as a family and we'd talk about the Bible. And we'd go through certain scriptures and discuss the principles in them. And um, then once we got to a more mature stage of life, as it so is, um, which is where we want to be, right? We want to grow in maturity in Christ. And um, she then gave us devotions that we would do in the morning by ourselves. Um, and although um, we were doing it separately now, I would still, when I ended up getting up and going out, I'd still see my mum sitting there and she'd still be up early, sitting down with her hot chocolate, having her time with God. And it always inspired me then to do my time with God. And because of that, I ended up early in the morning seeking Him first. Um, it it meant that I had to um, stay in the Word. And actually seeing my mum live it out made me also do what it said and actually put it into practice as well. Um, so there's so many aspects that my mum taught me by simply her walk of life, and it makes such a big difference in my life by her just enjoying and loving God in the way that she does.
Thank you very much. Give them a round of applause. It's never easy standing up the front. Okay, who had part one? Us and your volunteer? Volunteers, plural. It's volunteered, not volunteers. Uh, so we looked at Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God had ordained before that we should walk in them. Um, so we were looking at it like talents that each of us have that we're given, that we grow into, um, and that how we use them in our day-to-day life, and then obviously therefore further into the community, um, and how we can call on each other. So take Jeff, you know, we all, we all know Jeff, you wouldn't go to him to help you bake a cake. You go to him to help you look at a car. You go to Caroline for the cake. Um, so we, we looked at how each of us is given those specific talents to work in that area and help each other in those areas. Um, and I guess going forwards throughout the weeks ahead, we want to look at what are, as individuals, are our talents and where we can work into groups to help each other grow in them. just going to make it clear I wasn't a volunteer. (laughs) Uh, The verse that um, we briefly looked at is Ephesians um, 4, 1 to 3. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And that is just really um, the path of life. Uh, We can do nothing um, without God. Um, And as as we walk as, as Christians and as we want to share his love and what he's done for us, um, it's no good going out and slamming anybody with the Bible and saying, listen to me. And, you know, if, if they see the fruit of, your, of the Spirit in you, it, um, people may become questioning. Like if they see you suffering and um, you stay faithful and you continue to trust in the Lord, um, and you declare that the Lord God is your hope and he's faithful. Um, it's just walking in the power and the love and the knowledge of God. And to do that, we need to read his word. We need to get him on the inside. And um, he will just open doors for us. And that long suffering, well, that's a fact of life. If you're young and you think you're going to be a Christian and it's going to come easy... It's not reality. We need to toughen up and we need to strengthen ourselves and our families by learning the word of God, getting God in us. It's an ongoing process until the day we die. And we live it out and we just continue to go from glory to glory by the faithfulness of God just as um, we grow in him. It's not really us, it's God in us. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, we should do this every week. It's much easier for me. Okay, who had uh, part two? Who was part two? Okay, Michael's coming up. Go, Michael. Uh, 
I'm going to use, I'm going to actually come up here and look semi-professional. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we looked at um, Ephesians 4.17, where it says, there, I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should not walk now as on as other nations walk in the vanity of their mind, for you ought to put off the old man according to your way of living before who is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And you should put on the new man who according to God was created in righteousness and true holiness. So, uh, <laughs> you know, this is, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> so we've been redeemed into a new life. You know, there's, there's been a redemption from the old into the new. There's been an absolute transformation where we are constantly uh, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. You know, um, in, in John 13:35, uh, yeah, I did say that right. By this you will know that, um, sorry, I'll read it from here actually. Uh, so, I'm giving a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. So you too are to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you have love and unselfish concern for one another. So there's a full transformation from the inner man, you know, from inward focused to outward focused, to who God actually made us to be before the fall. So we were originally created in our original design is what Paul's talking about. And that's an outward, you know, it, it permeates the entire being of our life, our walk, our getting up, our going to sleep, um, where our mind is at, the renewing of our mind, you know, the scripture, um, you know, uh, I'm sure you've heard of many testimonies of people where their mind is just constantly in connection with the Father and constantly in connection with God's truth, his scripture, you know, and, and this forms the very essence of our life. When we get up in the morning, are we turning to him? Are we looking at his word? Are we feeding our minds on, you know, the holy scripture, the holy truth of who he is? Are we feeding our minds not on the news, on, you know, <laughs> controversy and, and all these things that are very easy to fall into and are very attractive to our earthly f flesh, even as Paul said that he struggles to do the very things that he wants to do. But it's only through constant transformation in our mind, constant feeding of God's word, of who he is, constant spending time with him, letting him speak and transform us, does that happen. Um, so <laughs> hitting these points just to, I feel a little um, robotic on that one. But yeah, so we've got that last point, that call to action. So, you know, is is that a part of your life? Is God speaking to you every morning? Are you looking for his words over the controversy, over the struggle, over the anxiety in your life? Is he speaking? Are you seeking after him? Are you letting his word transform who you are? Because he does. He transforms us by the, by the renewing of our mind through his word, through his speaking to us, through us walking by faith. You know, it's an action. It's our life. Uh, and that reflection, you know, through love will be obvious to anyone in the world when they look at you. And
because of how you live, what his word is doing in you, and how you serve and love others. Excellent. Thank you for that. I'm just feeling a whole new group of names to go onto the preaching roster uh, as we go forward. All right, so uh, part three, who had part three? Richard and his uh, followers. Follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, so our first verse was Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 and 10, and it literally says we were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, and in brackets it says the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And the supporting verses for that, uh, which are conveniently located in my text message section of my phone, it says, We are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And just buttoning into what the brother was saying, that we have actually been transformed from darkness to light, that God is a spirit of righteousness. If there were any unrighteousness in us, he wouldn't live in us. Now, there was a time where beholding the presence of God would kill a man with sin inside him, and now God lives in us. So, yeah, we are actually light. Um, yes, yeah, so that was our first verse. Do you have anything to add to that? Yes, that our life should be our life should be an example and that the fruit is evidence of that goodness righteousness and truth that we will be recognized by our fruit not by a gift that Jesus commanded us to be light so he's commanded us to walk in those fruits mm. not in our gift people are going to know who we are by our fruit um, what I got also was that um all the, the fruit and uh, seeking the first the kingdom of God, uh, all these things uh, obtained through prayer. You, you can't walk in the light unless you know the light. You, you, can't, um, you can't be good fruit unless you pray and seek God to, to give you the strength to show that fruit. And that's my little, my little thing. Okay. I think that concluded what we've decided. All right. Well, thank you, uh, everybody, for participating in that. Not only the people who got up and shared, um, and thank you especially to those people. I think give them all another round of applause. Uh, but um, it, it's really interesting to just, you know, even go through those different aspects and different the journey that we have seen uh, through Ephesians as, as to how we are supposed to walk uh, worthy. My job now is to bring a conclusion to that, which is, in theory, a summary of all that has been said so far, uh, and uh, and wrap things up. Uh, tough, tough. What's that? Okay, all right, all right. 
quiet in the cheap seats. All right. So we, we heard that walking with Christ, walking in Christ, is really making Christ the head of our life. The, the first part of Colossians tells, uh, tells us that Christ is preeminent. Christ is supreme. Christ is above everything else. Uh, and when we realize, that, we realize that, we put him as the head of our life, um, then we are aligning with him, and that makes our walk uh, be in the right direction. Um, and I love uh, Hannah's testimony there, being an example in the family first, and you know, just even that, how that, that is, that, uh, that walk that we have within our family circle as that first sphere of influence can have an impact of people that is far beyond our family. And so being that example in the family, but also leading people into maturity, it's not about keeping at the same level. It's about as we lead others, we're expecting them to grow. And that means giving people an opportunity. And so leading others, if they're following you as you follow Christ, uh, are you leading them on or are you keeping them at the same point? Uh, so a wonderful uh, testimony there. We heard that we each have talents that we hold. God has given us specific gifts, not for us, but for the body in general. And so we need, to be, we need to understand what those talents are and that we help others walk in those things that we are good at. And we're not all good at everything. Okay, that means just as people follow us in the areas that we're good in, people also, uh, we should be looking to others for those areas where we may see a lack. Uh, Ephesians 4 tells us the purpose of that is so that we can all grow into maturity. Not just uh, though, you know, those select few who get to stand up the front, but we should all grow into maturity as we help one another. Uh, we can do nothing without God. Our humility should be one of the things that characterizes our walk. Uh, we, need to, we need to get him on the inside. And that gives us strength for the journey. Uh, in Galatians 6, it tells us that we, we should uh, persevere through those trials so that we can, we, because at the proper time, we will reap a harvest. At the proper time, we'll see the fruit, the result of the hard work that we put in today. And so that life on the inside becomes our strength for the journey. It, comes, it, it allows us to get through those times of trial. It allows us to get to that time where we see the fruit of maybe years of effort that we're putting in uh, to, uh, to our walk. We also heard that we've been redeemed. We've been purchased with a price. Uh, we've been redeemed into a new life. We have this inward transformation. It's something that's already happened. It's a done deal. When you acknowledge the name of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that inward transformation has taken place. And oftentimes in the, in the darkness of our mind and our soul, we look at that and say, hey, I realize the Bible says if, if anyone is a new creation, and even if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, but I don't feel like a new creation. Uh, we need to realize that that work has already been done. Christ has finish, finished that work. Christ finished what he did, and he went to sit at the right hand of the Father. We just need to walk out what Christ has already put in. And so that inward transformation needs to be followed by an outward walk. It's an expression of what's already happened rather than something that we're trying to do to make our inner man somehow more holy. And so when we look at it that way, when we realize that that deposit uh, of the Holy Spirit, that work of Christ is already within us, then we can see that to walk out 
and we, we know that uh, in our humanity we fail, uh, but that's okay. That doesn't make the perfection on the inside, the light on the inside of us, any less dim. It just means we have an opportunity to be more transparent in the future. Are we participating? This is one of the questions we had. Are we participating in him to make that inner work come out? Do we have the outward evidence of the inward transformation? We heard last that we need to walk in the light. We need to make sure that the light within us is not hidden. That light exists within us. It's not that we're trying to kindle some light on the inside. That light, that transformation is on the inside. God lives enough in us, and our life is, a, is an example. We heard that people see our fruit. People see that outward expression. Uh, we don't want to be people who fear the judgment of others because we want in all humility to walk in that uh, finished work of Christ. But what are the fruit? What are the, fr what are the fruits that are coming out in your life? What is the outward evidence of this inward transformation? Are we really showing uh, the non-believer who doesn't understand this inward transformation, are we showing them that uh, life is worth, uh, sorry, that they, uh, their life is worth Christ's sacrifice and that uh, they can sacrifice their life for Christ's example. Uh, and lastly, we heard that we seek first his kingdom and all things are obtained by prayer as the first step. As everything starts in a conversation with God. Our walk starts in a conversation with God. God, what do you want me to do today? How do you want me to show this light that I have on the inside? How do you want me to express this to a people who are lost and dying? And so when we think about everything starting in prayer, it's not a case of coming to a prayer meeting. It's a case of a conversation. God wants to have a conversation to lead you as you follow him, to lead you into an example that others may follow. Remember Gandhi's words right at the beginning, uh, where he said he, he went to church. Now, try not to say anything about South Africans, just happened to be a South African church uh, that he went to, so yeah, don't hear that. Uh, condemnation. Uh, but the con congregation did not strike me as being particularly religious. And we think about that as, is following Christ a religious exercise? It should be a relationship. Yeah? Um, now, what, uh, what Gandhi was saying was actually he was using religious in a positive context, as a positive connotation. In other words, he didn't see these people as being particularly having hearts that were for God, that were towards God. We need to be more religious in the sense that we are priests before our God. We are here to minister. Uh, they were not an assembly of devout souls. Interesting if someone, what, what does a devout soul mean? Someone's come, out, come in from the outside and said, well, how does their conduct speak to their profession? Oftentimes the church is, is uh, being judged as being hypocrites. People look at us and say, what hypocrites? Because we speak one thing, but they see another. We speak love and they see hate for the things that are not of the world. Are we devout souls? Is our conduct showing who Christ is? 
He went on to say there appeared to be rather a worldly-minded people going to church for recreation. What do you do on Sunday? Well, I have a hobby. Other people go to church. You know, it's, that, it's almost that, well, why do you go to church? Why are you here on a Sunday morning? Hopefully, as we've gone through this, uh, this morning, realizing that you are all participants. You are all participants in the body of Christ, not consumers. They talk about consumerism in the church. People come to church and they consume content like Netflix. You know, Netflix is a, is a place that's, that, that presents content for people to consume, and, and others may look at church the same way. I'm just here to consume content. I'll come, they'll pray for me, they'll talk at me, they'll read the Bible for me. We should be participants. Uh, or are we here just in conformity to custom? We go to church on Sunday because that's what Christians do. So how is your walk? Hopefully this morning you may have seen some ways that it could be better. You've had some thoughts that says, well, maybe there's a walk, I could examine my walk and I ask, am I truly walking worthy to the calling for which Christ has called me? Uh, Philippians 1.27, uh, finishing with this, this is from the Message Bible, it says, Meanwhile, live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Christ. Let nothing in your conduct hang on whether I come or not. In other words, don't let your conduct uh, be reflected by the fact of whether the pastor is going to see you doing it or not. Your conduct must be the same whether I show up to see things for myself or hear of it from a distance. Stand united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the message, the good news not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. Your courage and unity will show them what they're up against. Defeat for them, victory for you, and both because of God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning that even as these various groups have tackled your word and looked at how we should walk, that you are at the center of these things that all of these verses point to the fact that we cannot do it without you and that we do do it because of you. Our Lord, I pray even as we go into this week, Lord, that we would each examine ourselves and ask, am I walking in a manner which is worthy of you? Am I a credit to you? Am I proclaiming the message of Christ in such a way that people turn to you? Lord, I pray for your strength on each one here. I pray for your Holy Spirit uh, to lead and guide into those places uh, where our walk needs to be improved or where we want to show the love of Christ to others. We thank you, Almighty God, for what you have done for us. And Lord, I pray that each one of us, Lord, would be an example, a re-presentation of your love to, a, to this world that does not know you. We thank you for these things. And we ask that you bless each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You want to finish? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much for participating today. Uh, there are some scones left. So feel free to take a scone with you uh, as you go. Feel free to hang around and have a chat. Uh, thank you very much for participating this morning. We pray that you have a blessed week. 
Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed our message and it inspired you. Stay connected and get amongst our family. Find us on Facebook, YouTube or our app. We are Zion people.